0: In time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, it is a real honor that I have this opportunity and privilege once again to be back on the radio with another message right out of the good word of God. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia. And I want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible exposition. May God richly bless you and your family. And I want to thank you for allowing me to come into your home Your automobile are a place of business as we try to study the Word of God together. I do ask that you pray for me and my wife as we try to serve the Lord. And uh, you pray for us as we travel and as I preach the Word of God in church after church, week after week. We certainly want to see the hand of God move. We want to see people get saved and see the church of the living God encouraged And strengthened in these days and so I'm just excited about what God is doing and I want you to be a prayer partner with me Uh, I covet your prayers and I would be so honored to know that you are praying for me and with me about the Lord's work in these days and then I want to say thank you to those of you that have called or sent an email or a text message, or even a letter letting me know that you are listening to this broadcast. And then I want to say to those men and women that may be incarcerated, those that may be having to serve time behind the prison bars, I received a letter the other day from a a dear man in prison and was able to mail him a couple of books. And I just want to say thank you. To all of you that may be listening behind bars, and uh, I hope that this broadcast, the preaching of the Word of God, will make a difference in your life. Amen. And so you have my prayers and my thoughts. To all of you that are shut in, we thank God that I have an opportunity to try to minister to you, and uh, I just want to use this opportunity uh, to be a help and a blessing to you. So you have pray for the radio ministry, and then if God ever moves upon your heart to help us financially, we would love to uh, just have you as a partner in this work for the Lord. So we're just thankful that God has done what he's doing, amen, and, and glad to be a part of it. You can go to my website. I'd encourage you to do that, and you can see our schedule, our itinerary, Uh, where we will be. And also you'll see the radio stations that I'm on and how that you can listen on demand as these programs are archived. And then you can uh, see the books that I have written and let me encourage you to take a look at those. And if you could use one of them, I would encourage you to order them. I believe they could be life-changing for you. I believe they could make a difference uh, in their respective subject uh, in your life. And so would you please take a look at those and order one or all three of them uh, that God may use them to be a help to you. All right. At the end of the program, I'll be giving some contact information, but let me go ahead and give you that e- that website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. So easy to remember KeithAllisonMinistries.com, that's one word, all lowercase letters, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And uh, so we're just uh, thankful for the goodness of God. In the book of Hebrews in chapter number two, I want to look today at a text that is found here. And I want to try to bring this message that God would get glory and honor from it. On this broadcast The Bible says therefore we ought to give The more earnest heed To the things which we have heard Lest at any time We should let them slip For if the word spoken by Angels was steadfast (coughs) Excuse me And every transgression And disobedience Received a just recompense Of reward How shall we escape If we neglect So great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So I want to look at verse number three where the writer said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And I want to preach on that subject of a so great salvation. A so great salvation. Aren't you thankful for salvation? Aren't you thankful for deliverance that we have through and in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verse number one, we see a charge. He said, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Friend, we ought to take heed what we're hearing when we hear the word of God. God is speaking to us, and we ought not let them slip out of our grasp as a boat that is drifting from the shore. We ought to take heed to what we hear. And then there's a contrast in verse 2 and 3. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense or reward, you see what he's saying was during that Old Testament uh, era that God... A judged people that broke his law and disobeyed his word and If God did that in the Old Testament era under the law Then what he's saying is how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord that is the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. That would be the apostles. So what he's saying in contrast is that if God judged the disobedience and the rejection of those in the Old Testament economy, then how much more will He judge those who have rejected Christ and rejected His Word? <coughs> and then we see uh, how that that was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. In verse number 4, and God confirmed it with signs and wonders. See, they didn't have a completed New Testament, and so the only way they knew that these men were of God and that the message was of God was by the miracles that God allowed these people to perform. So here we see a so great salvation. A so great salvation. And I want to give you uh, seven Reasons Why It's Great. Amen. Why is salvation so great? I want to give you seven reasons. And there could be many more. As a matter of fact, I've got another couple of messages that I preach out of this same text that are different than the one that I'm about to give you. So I'm preaching on so great salvation. And may I say that these seven truths about this so great salvation, can I say first of all that they are progressive in the way that I'm going to present them. In other words, they start with one and end up at seven. And they are like a set of stair steps that you work your way through. And then secondly, let me say that they are the same for everyone. In other words, everybody's saved the same way. God saves Jews and God saves Gentiles. God saves folk in in, in China or Europe and in America, and they're all saved the same way. God may save the white man, the black man, the red man, the yellow man, and whatever other colors there may be. A friend, God saves everybody the same way. And then let me say that these truths are unchanging. They're not going to change with time. Uh, I was saved in 1974, and people get saved today the same way that I did then. And then they're timeless. In other words, they will forever be unchanging, but they're timeless in that they will always be right. They will always, doesn't matter what dispensation, even during the tribulation period, And even during the kingdom age, these truths will be timeless. And then let me say that we ought to be able to rejoice in them. We ought to thank God for them and rejoice in them. So as I talk about this so great salvation, if you are saved, you ought to rejoice in how that you got what you got. And then if you aren't saved, you ought to listen carefully that God may speak to your heart and break in upon you in Holy Ghost conviction. Number one, let me say that this salvation is so great because God planned it. Amen. It was God that planned this so great salvation. The Bible said in Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So, friend, God planned salvation before the beginning of the world. Now, I don't understand all there is about that, and I'm not claiming to, and I'm not uh, I'm not jumping on one side or the other. I'm just saying that God planned salvation. Uh, the fall of Adam and the fall of the human race did not take God by surprise. God is a God that inhabits eternity, and by the fact that he dwells in eternity, He knows the future, amen, uh, before it ever happens. And I know that theologically there is a big debate on whether or not a God chose and elected uh, based on foreknowledge or whether or not foreknowledge had nothing to do with it. Well, I just want to say this. There's never been a time that God didn't know everything Now, I can't explain that, but even before the foundation of the world, God knew everything that would ever happen on the earth. That's called foreknowledge. And somehow or another, the divine uh, sovereignty of God works in conjunction with that foreknowledge. And I'm not going to wait out over my head. I'm just going to leave it right there. And, and I know some of you may get in a little tizzy about that. You say, well, preacher, do you believe that a man's got a... Re-? Hey, friend, uh, I am a part of the elect by the fact that I'm saved. Amen? But let me say this. If I had not have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of my sins, I would have died and, and would die and go to hell. Uh, yes, I believe that God... Uh, knows, and God has planned accordingly with and around that, and whatever God does on his side, whatever God does uh, in in his sovereignty, does not relieve you and I of our responsibility. Well, preacher, do you believe in the whosoever gospel? Yes, sir, because that's what the Bible says. For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son that whosoever, believe. If it wasn't whosoever, he'd have said it wasn't whosoever. Amen? Thank God, friend. He's the Savior of all men, the Bible said, but then he said, especially of them that believe. So, friend, I'm not going to get tangled up in all these theological debates and terms, but I'm just going to believe my Bible, amen? You may say, well, preachers sound like you're trying to straddle a fence. You can call it what you will. I believe the Bible teaches truths that Folk on both sides of the fence try to hang on to. So uh, we'll leave it there. The Bible said in 1 Peter 1 20, who verily was foreordained, talking about Jesus now, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. See, that one verse holds both sides. Jesus was foreordained to be the Savior before the foundation of the world. That was on God's part. But as far as time is concerned, and as far as experience is concerned, he was manifest in the last times. In other words, he had to be born, had to come into the world, and he had to die. There had to be the expression and the living out of what God had foreordained. So salvation was planned by our Heavenly Father. Jesus, dear friend, was the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world? Salvation did not take God by surprise, amen. And again, again, I'm I'm saying that if you don't listen, if you don't believe the gospel, you're gonna die and go to hell. And you can't blame God for it. God never chose anybody to go to hell. The Bible doesn't say that. The terms elect and predestination are always in relationship to the believer. God never chose anybody to go to hell. Man was going to hell on his own because he's a sinner. But the grace of God steps in and brings the gospel to us that we might not go to hell but go to heaven. Amen. So God, number one, God planned salvation. What does John three sixteen say? For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All of the sacrifices and all of the uh, the Old Testament, all of those things typified and foreshadowed uh, the Lord Jesus and His work for you and I. Amen. In Genesis 3.15, God began to give revelation concerning the coming of His Son. So this was planned by the Heavenly Father. And yes, foreknowledge, the fact that God inhabits eternity and knows the end from the beginning, foreknowledge played a part in what God did. The fact that he foreknew everything played a part in what he did in his divine choice and election before the foundation of the world. I believe that. Peter said that you are the elect according to the foreknowledge of God. You can't take it out of the picture. I didn't say that. It explained it all away. I just said you can't take it out of the picture. Number two, it's a great salvation, not only because God planned it, but number two, because Jesus secured it for the God soul of the world that he gave his only begotten son. What did Jesus do? He died at Calvary, dear friend. It was his death for ours. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for uh who the bible says uh in second corinthians five twenty one uh well let let me give you this verse for Christ also hath suffered for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit amen first peter three eighteen the bible says in 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 uh the bible said who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. First Peter 2, 24. So friend, let me say that it was uh, through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that he secured our salvation. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So Jesus, dear friend, he died for sinners. Amen. In relation, listen, in relationship to sin, his death was a redemptive price, paying the price for us. In relationship to God, his death was a propitiation. It was a turning away of the wrath of God by an offering. It was satisfying the justice and the holiness of God. In relationship to man, his death was a reconciliation. He reconciled man that was at odds and at enmity with God. He reconciled us to God. Amen. And then his death was sanctified. Amen. It sanctified or set us apart positionally. It is right now sanctifying us progressively. And one day we will be permanently sanctified when we receive our glorified body. So thank God, friend, uh, that Jesus secured our salvation. You're not saved without him. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So uh, I'm thankful that God planned salvation. That's why it's great. God planned salvation. Number two, Jesus secured salvation. Number three, grace brings salvation. The Bible said, for by grace are you saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you and I could work our way to heaven, earn our way to heaven, we could boast in the fact that we made it by our own righteousness. But the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The Bible said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to who? To all men. Thank God, friend. It's grace that brings salvation. First time grace is found in the word of God is in Genesis 6, 8, where the Bible says that Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that word grace there comes from a root word that means to bend or to stoop down. It means to uh, to bend or to stoop down to render aid. It, it gives the idea of someone that is of a higher uh, of a higher being or a higher standing stooping to give aid to someone of a lower standing. And the Bible said that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does it mean? All through the Bible, what does that introductory term of grace lead us to believe? It means that God, who is greater than man, he is our creator. It means that God uh, has to stoop down or to bend over to render aid to us who are sinners in desperate need. God had to come to where we were at because we could not get to him on our own. Therefore, Jesus is God incarnate in the flesh, and he came to save sinners. Amen. Uh, Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so it is grace. God comes to man in grace. Grace brings this great salvation. So it's great because God planned it. It's great because Jesus secured it. It's great because grace brings it. It's great because the gospel declares it. Amen. The gospel declares. What do you mean, the gospel? The message, the good news. The word gospel means the good news. The good news that Jesus died and was buried and arose again the third day. Thank God for the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And so that gospel message, is it, the Bible said, it is the power of God. That word power comes from that Greek word dunamis, and that's where we get our word for dynamite from. And the gospel, the message of the cross the message of Jesus is the very tool, the very instrument, the very agency that God uses in the conversion of sinners. Because he said in verse seventeen, for therein that is therein that is within that gospel message is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. And so within that gospel message is the very the very need that we need, in other words, the the gospel message reveals the righteousness of God. It provides the righteousness of God, and it bestows the righteousness of God. And that's why we must preach the gospel, friend. I'm telling you, this ear tickling social s- stuff that are that's being uh, uh, pandered today, uh, friend. It's it's a disgrace to the good word of God. I'm gonna tell you something, preachers, you and I have got more, listen, it's not our illustrations, it's not our, our sad stories, all of those things may move people emotionally, you may get people in the altar, you may get people to cry, you may get people to shout, but that that moment that experience that they are having with that emotion may be as far as it goes. But when you get the word of God, implanted in their heart and in their mind they may not weep and they may not shout but the word of god will get done what your emotional stirring could not get done oh i'm telling you friend we've got a we've got a carnal way of gauging our services anymore there was a day when the congregation was satisfied and well pleased to hear the man of God get up and open the word of God and preach under Holy Ghost anointing and give friend of the explanation and give the meaning and the sense and that's what preaching is of the word of God. And people were satisfied to hear truth. It blessed their soul. It would bring tears. It would bring a shout, amen. But more than anything, it changed their lives. But now the service is gauged, not by what the preacher has to say, but how he says it. And what stories and what annex and whatever other thing he can do to a company. You see, we're getting in the entertainment business. If a preacher is just an old-fashioned Bible preacher, it seems like he's not much in demand. But if the preacher has an element of entertaining with him, then, friend, it doesn't matter very much about the content of his message. He is so entertaining, he can make people laugh, he can make people cry, he can stir the crowds, and that seems to be uh, the ticket for success Today. God help us, friend. We're putting the emphasis on the messenger and not the message. And the message is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. God help us, friend. I, I know I'm way off subject, but I'm telling you, friend, this is this sticks in my crawl. It is a so great salvation. Why? Because God planned it. That's why. It is a so great salvation because Jesus secured it. We're saved today because God, before the foundation of the world, set this thing in motion. We're saved today because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died at Calvary. God incarnate through the virgin birth died at Calvary and redeemed us, friend, from our sin and from hell, thank God. And we're saved today, not because of our good works and our deeds, but because of the grace of God, undeserved and unmerited, the grace of God brought salvation to us. And we're saved today Because we heard a man of God Or somebody share the gospel With us The good news that Jesus lived He was born of a virgin He lived a sinless life He died a vicarious death He arose, friend, triumphantly Over death, hell, and the grave Ascended to heaven Seated at the Father's right hand Making intercession for you and I Serving as the head of the church And one day, gloriously coming back for the people of God. Amen. The gospel declares salvation. This is why this is so great salvation. Oh, my dear friend, I'm afraid we're missing it. We get caught up. i say it again. We get caught up in the social aspect, in the entertaining aspect, but we need to get back. You you, want to know what's wrong with the churches? Because we're trying everything else but what has always worked. The, 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 the contemporary churches, a friend, they've stole members. They've changed the pattern of worship in our culture. And now these little small country rule churches mostly that I preach in, a lot of them now are intimidated and they feel like they've got to go with the flow if they're going to stay alive. Hey, friend, just give me the old-time way. Praise God, just give me the old-time way. Well, my time's up today. I'll not get done. Come back next week, and I'll finish this message on so great salvation. You can write uh, to Keith Allison, P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia. Call or text 706-968-1182. You can email me at Ministries at gmail.com. Check out my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. The email is Ministries at gmail.com. Listen, until next time, keep looking up for Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ, Murrayville, Gainesville, and W248DL, Murrayville, Gainesville. It's 9 o'clock, and Tom, once again...